Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. I'm going to be real quick up at the top today because I have a longer episode than usual, but it's so good. I couldn't cut very much out of it. Um, but let's see what's on the old notepad. Rihanna's having a baby. We all know this. This isn't going to be news to you, hopefully, if you've dabbled into the Internet at any point this week. Uh, I don't know that the world is ready for how beautiful facially this child is going to be. Both of its parents are stunning in the face. Like, not just like, oh, good looking celebrity, like stunning in the face. Like, we might not be able to look at this baby like directly. Like, it's like the sun during an eclipse, you know? Like that, kind of beautiful, unclear. Um, but congrats. That's super exciting. Maybe um, we could also do, get an album, but you know, we can't ask for too much. Uh, you probably heard, you may have heard, you may have not heard, you're probably playing Wordle. I don't know if you would have heard that the New York Times bought Wordle for like a low seven figure price, which congrats to that dude. Like, well done, sir. You made a game like for fun for your partner and now you sold it to the New York Times. I have held the belief and, and professed the belief for well over a month now that we should normalize playing Wordle and not posting about it on social media. But, you know, a lot of people don't, don't listen to me about that. I mean, I get it. You can, I'm, it's muted on Twitter. Believe me, the word Wordle is muted on Twitter. But that doesn't protect me at all times. But separately, but I, I play Wordle every morning. I'm, I'm good at it, but I don't post it every day or ever. Um, but to shout out to my friend Melissa, who sent me, Taylordle. And that's Taylor Swift verse Wordle. So same concept, but just like words in the Taylor verse. Like earlier this week, Kanye was one of the words. But you know, whole same concept. I'm into it. I will be now playing Wordle and Taylordle. Um, exciting, exciting stuff. This week we also celebrated the 28th birthday of Harry Styles. So that's exciting. Did a whole thread on Twitter about Harry and bananas, which I've threatened to do for a while. But I did it. It's his birthday. What are you going to do? Happy birthday. It's appropriately this week because there will be talk of One Direction and Harry Styles in this podcast. And the, the thing is, you know, I, I'm not just like horny for Harry Styles. There's so many different people that, that, um, I obsess over. And my newest uh, person is Joe Burrow, the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, who will be playing in the Super Bowl. And I, this has been growing for a while now, but I decided to write an extra special edition of the newsletter, Your Guide to Being Horny for Joe Burrow. You can find that on wehavenotes.substack.com. If you have further questions, just let me know. It, he's got a great story that you're going to hear over the next two weeks. Uh, earnestly told as it should be like from his growing up and Ohio state and transferring to LSU and winning the Heisman and coming back from this ACL injury, all of those things, which are great and honestly make him hotter. But like, you know, the, we have notes angle is the, we have notes angle. So you can check that out and subscribe to the newsletter. You'll still get your regular, regular stuff on Friday. And then also I just wanted to say, please watch the Janet Jackson documentary. It's on lifetime 
It's two part, like two, two hour parts. Um, it was so much fucking fun to watch. Will you still have questions about Janet Jackson's life? Especially her interior life. Uh, yes, you absolutely will. Do you get more Janet Jackson of herself than she's probably ever given before? Yes, that is also true. So, you know, don't think you're going to like have all your questions about Janet answered, but you get so much more insight. And then also just like reliving like the experience of that music and not that you haven't listened to it recently or that you don't still listen to it, but like the moments and like for me, like really definitive middle school moments and definitive high school moments, like sitting in my car, listening to again, like over and over and over again, um, recording a video at the mall with my friends to nasty, like the importance and empowerment of control, how fucking big Janet was and is and her impact is like unmatched. They get into the Michael stuff a bit. They get into the Justin stuff a bit. I mean, the DeBarge stuff that, you know, there's a lot. And this woman has been through it and she is just so amazing. And I love her so much. And her music is so important. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. And now let's just get into my conversation today with one of my favorite writers, Robin Lee, um, whose book, The Idea of You, I have read so many times. And we'll talk about that. And boy bands and writing process and Titanic and Leo and Luke Perry and so many, so many things. I, I really didn't want to deprive, especially people who might've come here to, to hear Robin because she has such an amazing fan base and community that she's built and that I'm so happy to be a part of. But, um, so I kept it pretty long, but it's really juicy and fun. So we will be right back with the great Robin Lee. This week's guest has actually been a part of this podcast fabric since the very first episode when our beloved mutual friend Tia Williams and I discussed her absolutely delicious, sexy, gut-wrenching 2017 novel, The Idea of You, and also how she helped guide Tia through the pleasure and pain that is becoming a Harry, aka a Harry Styles stand for those of you who don't know, um, as a very grown woman. But more on all that later, Robin Lee is not only an incredible writer, but also an incredible actor and producer, and as if that's not enough, she also happens to have a law degree from Columbia. She's appeared in Hitch and 13 Going on 30, and much to my great delight, played Christian Gray's CEO Roz Bailey in Fifty Shades Freed and Fifty Shades Darker, movies that I have watched many, many, many times. And she reads the audiobook of her own novel so brilliantly that I think she should have won a Grammy. To say that I am a fangirl is a wild understatement. As I said, Tia brought Robin into my life via her book that I just finished reading for the fourth time and was emotionally as wrecked as ever. She writes great characters and love and longing and angst and ache and passion and sexy sex so well. And that is why this book has a very rabid cult following, including a wildly active Facebook group of almost 5,000, of which I am, of course, a part. Quite simply, I would like to be Robin Lee when I grow up, even though we're pretty much the same age, I think. And I am giddy that our internet friendship is moving to the next level today. Truly, I'm so honored and excited to have her on the pod to talk about her work and so much more. Please welcome the very brilliant and fabulous Robin Lee. 
Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh, that was a beautiful, beautiful welcome. I just sat here smiling. And like, oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Especially really about the fact that I should have biggest... won a Grammy. <laughs> like, yeah, you're so something it's like, I never I thought I'd do, hear. <laughs> I don't. Um, I'm not a big audiobook person, just generally. Right. But, uh, but after I had read your book a few times, um, <laughs> many of my friends were like, "Have you listened to it yet?" And I was like, "No, I haven't. I'll listen to it now." Um, so I've read it four times and listened to it once. Like that, I wow. am like a, a super fan. You are I a really super fan. Am. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You're. I mean, you're really such an amazing, amazing writer. Oh, I am. I am kind. like in awe. Thank you. Um, but yeah, the book has a. I mean, it's it's the fans are. I love it. Like it's, people are obsessed. Yeah, it's really. Um, it was really unexpected. I, I thought I wrote. I thought I wrote a really great book for me. Like I was really, really happy with the story that I told that I, I, I feel like I did exactly what I set out to do for myself. Um, and I'd only ever written for myself before. So I wasn't sure how the world would take it if I were to put it, <laughs> to put it out there. And uh, I'm kind of shocked. Like I thought people would think, or a certain subset of people would think, oh, this is good, this is entertaining. But I didn't expect... The kind of, um, I don't know, what's the word I would look for? Idolatry or like the rabid, yeah. the, <laughs> like, the like, give it's, me more. I need a sequel. I need this and I need that. Can we talk about this character some more? And I didn't expect that at all. Like, And, and the fact that it, it just keeps on growing in that way and, and it, it's grown from word of mouth and that the fan base just kind of continues to expand and people show up in that group every day, yeah, like every day, so devastated like, I'm, I'm or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I need more. And I, I was not I expecting so. that. I, I did. I, I don't know. know that I, I, I had no idea I, I would hit a chord with so many women. It's really, well, kind you of really, amazing. you really, really did. Well, I guess, I mean, I've described this book before, but I, since I have the creator here for anyone who doesn't know what the idea of you is about, how do you describe it to people? Um, Oh goodness! I describe it as a story about a a woman, a uh, forty, almost forty year old, divorced art dealer living in Los Angeles, who has a twelve year old daughter who's obsessed with his British boy band, and she takes a daughter for a uh, to a, a concert and a meet and greet with the band, and one of the guys in the band falls for the mom, and he is twenty years old. I wanted to write a love story. Mm-hmm. With that was unexpected with two people who just. You would the last two people you would expect to get together and genuinely fall in love, but I yeah. wanted it to be real and honest. I wanted it to explore all it is to be getting older and sexism and ageism and what it is turning forty and feeling like oh my goodness my best years are behind me when they're not really yeah. but the media is telling you that and Hollywood is telling you that and Madison Avenue is telling you you know you're no longer viable or attractive and I kind of wanted to reclaim that and at the same time yeah. I wanted to show what it is that we do as women how we how we put everyone else's happiness before our own. Um, yeah. and it's, and I mean, especially as a mom, as a wife and yes, and, and especially as a mom. And I think we, we, you know, we, we, we think about our friends, we, we do all these other things for other people and not just for our own pleasure. And I kind of wanted to really explore that, like a woman kind of diving into her own pleasure, but then also being very aware of all these other things weighing on her and making her have to be responsible when, when she doesn't yeah. really want to be. 
And so, yeah, and, and like I want I to sh- go to Anguilla. Right, like, exactly. And have a great time. Yeah. And I want to know this darker side of celebrity. I feel like we, we do this yeah. thing, like we, um, we idolize these people and we, we imagine they have these, you know, perfect lives and they don't, you know, they're, they're human and they have faults, but they're also like, they're subject to this kind of scrutiny um, and idolatry and like a fandom that can really be detrimental. And I don't yeah. think, I don't think non-celebrities realize what that life is really like. And I don't think they take that into consideration. And then, so I just wanted to look at all the darker sides of that. And uh, I didn't want to write something I was going to be like, oh, everything's perfect. And, you know, smells like roses and everything's wonderful because relationships are work. And so often there's a meteor side that we don't get to see in, in certain yeah. types of books. And I wanted to show the meteor side and the fact that it doesn't, they don't always work out the way you want them to. And sometimes love isn't enough. Yeah, I think that's what's so beautiful. I mean, it's so heart-wrenching, but it's because you've built this world and these characters in such a full 360 way. And and sometimes beautiful things are beautiful and that doesn't mean they work and it right. doesn't mean they were bad right. and they well they might they might have ramifications that aren't pleasant as this relationship does on, you know, both right. sides. But like the relationship is really beautiful and it's filled with like a lot of love. And yeah. that, like you said, it's not always enough. And I think that's really relatable to so many people. It doesn't have to be a famous person right. that someone has fallen in love with, but we all, I think, have those. Right. We people. have someone like in our past or something like, and it just didn't, the timing was wrong and we we're in different places in our lives and whatever is going on in the world, it just, it's not it's not going to happen right now and it, and it can't last right now. And I think that's, that's real for so many of us. Yeah. And it's really real in the book as much as um, many of us don't wish, like you're like, oh, please, like every time you read it, it's like, <laughs> no, can we figure this out? <laughs> but I think also you're like, no, but this is, that's what should have happened. Right. Like that's, you know, she, makes a decision that is like you're like yeah that's yep. you know like my kid yeah. and you know and they're like I can't argue with that no. you know a mother's love for and protection of her child right and, exactly um, especially at such a vulnerable age like it's not like you know it's not like um Isabel was 18 or 23 or no. even 16 or 17 you know it was it was it was a very vulnerable age. I mean, and 12, so funny 13. 12, and we know 13. what that feels like. Oh, yeah. It's so funny because my daughter, who was about five years old when I was writing this book, will turn 13 on Thursday. And so I feel like I'm in the throes of it with her now. Oh, <laughs> like I tell you she read the book? She has not. She's been asking. Okay. She's only recently okay. really become a reader. It was really this past summer she started reading all this Wattpad stuff. And I was like, look, if you're sure. going to read... Um, on Wattpad, that's great, but I also would love for you to read some like published work so that you have an idea of what something looks like when it's been edited. Yes. <laughs> the grammar's right and the spelling's right, whatever. <laughs> and she started digging deep. She's a huge Colleen Hoover fan. She loves she loves Taylor Jenkins read. Like she loves all the all the authors that I know that I'm like, okay, books that I've read, I'm like, okay, this is good and juicy, but maybe not too juicy. You can you can handle yeah. it. Yeah. But I was like, but you cannot read my book. <laughs> At least Yeah, I was what- I was like, maybe until you're sixteen, because I think even if it was someone else who'd written, it'd be one thing. But her, I think her just knowing that it was me who wrote it. That just your kinda, brain did yeah, that? Yeah, it's going to be yeah. like, Because it's sexy. It's, it's beautifully <laughs> sexy. And I think um, 
there's so many things I think like that women like we were talking about attaching to that that maybe that person in your past the timing wasn't right but I think like the evolution of Saul's character and like what she's going through separate from Hayes is very relatable in terms of turning like you said turning 40 and yep first of all I in a dream fantasy life I would I am not good, like an art knowledgeable art person but being like a gallerist right. is like the it chicest thing I could like possibly the, imagine that's what I was doing I was like what would be because I had this idea of who is going to be and he wasn't going to be just like your not say there's not to say there's an average boy bander but I, I wanted him to right. be like to be like very cultured and smart and wise yes. beyond his years and to have grown up like in an affluent environment in which he was exposed to a lot when he was young. He's very sophisticated. Um, yes. To, in order to attract her and in order to attract him, she needed to be kind of very worldly and elegant yes. and have this life that he would find, you know, impressive and he could you know there'd be great conversations and I kind of felt like well what would like if I could do anything else besides the things I do like what are the things that would be amazing that would allow me to travel and speak different languages and wear fabulous clothes (laughs) yeah (laughs) but not in the fashion world that's too cliche what could I do and then I was like oh the art world and I knew very very little about it but what everything I everything I did know I I I was like fascinated by. And so I just did a deep dive and I happened to have, my daughter was then in preschool. So I guess she was younger than five. I guess she was like four when I was writing this. Um, She was in preschool and there was a mom in the preschool who owned an art gallery and she happened to own an art gallery on the stretch of La Cienega Boulevard here in LA where, where I, where I'd chosen to put Selene's gallery. Like it was, it was just totally random that she was in the right, the same exact spot. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Mary Lee, I need to, I need to prick your brain about everything. And she's like, just ask me any questions. I was like, I don't know where to start. So I'm going to read up first. She's like, okay, read this book and read this book and then we can talk. And I felt like she was so helpful. And then she read all my art gallery pages for me, like any pages that had to do with the business. She read yeah. them for me ahead of time. And it's like, okay, you wouldn't say this. You would say this, we, you know, like all these little things. And it was very specific and full and thorough. And I really wanted it to feel like that world was real. And and she said too, like so often when the art world is depicted in books and film, they get it wrong. And we, and we, she's like, we, the art people always laugh about it. Like, oh, did you see this? Right. Da, 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 da. Like, she's like, I want this to be the one thing that's like, oh yeah, she got it. She knew what she was talking about. And she, and, and she, and she stands by that. And she was like, I feel like your book is the best portrayal of the art world and most honest. And she was really oh, good. super helpful. It felt very real to me. It, it felt like, and I was like, oh, this is fab. And also just, you know, Celine's like you know it's it's two women own right. this gallery yeah. and they represent women and artists of color people that were underrepresented elsewhere but they have this successful business and right. she's she's so chic her fashion is so chic and she's French and right it's right just like all the things that all the things I think that... a woman wants to be right maybe yeah carried out of her own life to see and then obviously there's so much travel and at beautiful locations yeah. and. So did you, like, you researched the art world heavily. Yes. I mean, the boy band world, I guess. I, and... I, I knew the boy band world. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I knew it a little too well, but I didn't yeah. know it currently. Like, I knew 90s boy band stuff. And so I had to kind of bring myself up to speed. At, like, what are they doing now? Like, what's it like to be in a boy band? Like, what 
my my first like real loves were Duran Duran, and I'm I'm a slightly older. Yeah, we'll talk about that later or not. Maybe when the mics are not going. <laughs> <laughs> so my real I love Duran Duran. I, I was like obsessed with Duran Duran when I was young, like 13, 14. Um, and that's when I started writing love stories. <laughs> <laughs> they're, yes. they're now they're now known as fan fiction, but that was not a term back then. I was just writing stories sure. about like you know me and my friends and Duran Duran, and then I started, I, you know, I I started like adding characters that were completely fictional and liking those characters so much more than the Duran characters. No offense to John or Andy or Simon or anything, but I <laughs> I just had more freedom with them, and so yeah. I was able to like kind of go off and like just make up random Brit- British people or whatever, and um. That was kind of like my, I don't know, that that kind of set, for me, that's like my foundation of everything. Groups with like, you know, beautiful guys at the forefront. And yeah. so I, yeah. during a certain period of time, during like 10, 15 years of my life, I saw everyone in concert from like Duran Duran and all their like very like, and Power Station. And then like New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, mm-hmm. New Edition, Justin Timberlake, BBD. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I had like every mm-hmm. version of yeah. like the boy band and then they're separate when they went solo or grouped off and yeah. whatever. Same. And, Same. <laughs> and so I didn't. And then I and then I just kind of walked away. I mean, I, I had a life outside. <laughs> I got yeah. married. I get, like I didn't even think about it. I did not even think about it. But when I got the idea of this um, and I should I should probably point out the fact I should bring up the fact that right out of college when I was still in college I started a management company with my best friend and we were managing singing groups and we were managing this girl's group and they were like an an Italian American in vogue like they were incredible incredible amazing oh my god they'd blow you away like their voices were just incredible they do these harmonies and they were super soulful they were from the Bronx and they like they talk like they were from the Bronx and uh amazing (laughs) so we had to do a lot of like training but um they were incredible, and we were able to get one of the new kids on the block to produce for them. And so I, it was just kind of the new kids were still big, but kind of like on their way down before they took a break and then came back. Um, and so I got to see that life up close, and I got to know yeah. them pretty well, and well enough to be like, I don't ever have to deal with a boy band ever again. <laughs> like, I'm right. done. And so I kind of like yeah. stepped away from that and... You know, went to law school, started acting, got married, blah, 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 blah. And then when I had the idea for this book, it was like, oh, I can write this. Like, I know this story and I know this world. Like, I know boy bands. I know what that is. I just need to figure out how to make it in the 2000s and not the 1990s. And I was on a roll. Yeah. It's amazing. Hayes is such a wonderful character. Like, I love his, like... He's such that perfect mix. Like he is, you know, like you said, he's cultured and he grew up, you know, very posh and British and uh, and all of that. But he's like, he's so young and it comes through at the right times, but he's also like very emotionally available. Right. In, right. In ways that sometimes I think maybe it does come part from his youth and part from his experience. And obviously he lives a different life than a normal 20 year old. Right. Yep. Um, but like. I am often drawn to emotionally unavailable characters yeah, I think. in my life and <laughs> in, in my fiction. In real life. I think we're all a little like, not all, but you know, yeah. we, I don't know why that is. It's like why we like the bad boy or why we like the guy we think we can change. Like he's going to change for me. Like, like I'm going to, I don't f- know. Uh, my love will be enough. Right. <laughs> <to fix him. laughs> exactly. 
I don't know what it's, that is. I think you, because you want what you can't get. I think if it's too easy yeah. to get, then it's not. If the challenge is not there, then it, some of the uh, the dr- the draw is gone. I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I think like Hayes has that edge in other ways. Like, but he is like he's like forward and like tells her how he feels and like she has to. I don't know. It's so great, but he does. I mean, he's also like. A, in a massively famous band that's right. touring the globe yeah, and yeah. has, you know, like you say, like models that at is right that exactly. you know whatever he wants if he if he wants, and so he does have like a there is a bad boyness to him even though he is so sweet in right. many ways too. So I think that's what's so appealing. I think to so many readers or certainly right. to me, um, and I know he's like a. Not he's not one person. He's not one person. Like he is not one person at all. You guys, he's not one person. No, he's Even not. if I see him as one person, <laughs> he is not one person. He is many. He is a composite of many things, most of which came out of Robin's brain, right? Solely. So, like her own imagination and creativity. Though many of us, um, you know, yeah, project a certain British person. I from a boy know band it's really him. kind of amazing. I, you know, I've never met. <laughs> I've never met said British person. I don't know him. I don't live in his (laughs) brain. No, no, Um, you don't. I don't know what it is to sit down and talk to him or have sexy time with him or the things he would say. I really used what I wanted to hear and what I'd heard in the past. Like, I I really kind of used the best of all the guys I'd ever liked or crushed on. Um. Yeah, and to, it's even all to like to make people. it, <laughs> um, even to like make it more like specific. I remember I have one. I won't. I won't name him. But one of my ex boyfriends like reached out to me like the week the book came out and was like, "So I was reading some of those excerpts," and he's like, "That was us." I was like, uh, <laughs> like "Yeah, that's really funny because people think it's Harry Styles, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of you in there." Yes, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I really, yeah. I borrowed you. you you write what you know, and then things that you don't know, you kind of just embellish and and you yeah. keep it as genuine sounding and realistic as what you do know. And you kind of meld it together and you kind of create this perfect guy. Yeah, he That's is. What I he's, do. he's so perfect. He's really I perfect. I miss him so much already. I really, I when I tell you I cried in my bed, I am not, I'm a crier too, but like, it doesn't matter that book. I don't know. There's, I will tell you, there are very few books I've read that many times. Right. And I've read The Secret History probably like six times. Right. I've read your book four times. And then I go back to like things that are probably things even from my childhood that I like to reread even now, like The Westing Game or like from the Mixed Up Files or something. Right. I actually, I just started, this is kind of on a little bit on topic because I, I it came up in a podcast that I recorded last week um wifey by Judy Bloom. oh my god I was about to say <laughs> Judy Bloom is a book the author that I've I've reread most in my life because as a kid I, I become obsessed I read are yes. you there god Mar- Margaret I don't know half a dozen times but yeah. my absolute favorite was one called starring Sally J Friedman as herself I yes. Don't know you know this book. It's about this young Jewish girl, and it's during World War II, and she goes to live with her grandmother in Miami, and she's a crush on a guy in the neighborhood, whatever. But she has all these fantasies that she's going to be the one to take down Hitler. And I didn't know anything about the Holocaust when I read that. I was about nine years old, ten yeah. years old. Yeah. And I remember asking my mom, like, "Is this true?" Like, I because because so much of it was like 
it was fictionalized, right? It was like her idea of how yeah. she was going to, she'd break into this concentration camp and like kill all the bad guys. And I, um, I remember asking my mom, like how much of this is true. And my mom had such little knowledge and was like, why don't we have an encyclopedia? <laughs> so we had an encyclopedia Britannica from 1968. Oh. And <laughs> we sure did at my house too. I think my grandparents, we, I think we got it from my like dad's right. parents. Or so something. I remember like going to my encyclopedia, going to the H section, looking up Hitler, looking up Holocaust, and then like looking for like Auschwitz and Dachau and like all these things. And, and it wasn't enough information. And then I had to go to the library and be like, tell me everything about this. And like, how much of this really happened and how much is fictionalized in this book. Um, but I, I, I guess my heart, I don't know what it was about that book. It just spoke to me in a way that, and I, and I didn't own it. Right. So I would get the yeah. book from the library, but the yeah. library had about like hardcover books, you know, they're wrapped in that plastic and, um, yes. <laughs> and they had about eight copies in the, in the children's section of this book. And I had my very specific one that was, was a copy that I knew was mine because I had a little tear oh, up on page 128 and 129 so and I would take it and like, bring it home. I would cuddle it like a baby first of all, like a teddy yeah. bear at night. And in the mornings when I'd make my bed and I'd set up all my pillows and I would, and, and I'd put the book in the middle, I, I'd create this still life with this book in the center of my bed. <laughs> oh my God. I love this. That's like me. Like It was an obsession. It was an obsession. An obsession. I only, I think I, I read, only read Wifey once. I read Forever Twice. I read, are you there? I read the other thing, but I think I only read Wifey once. But God, I read it a lot of times. I was really inappropriately reading it. And now I'm rereading it. And I haven't reread it since like I was a kid, I don't think. So I'm like, well, let me see what my take on this housewife situation is (laughs) now. Yeah, I should probably go back as an adult now and like see what that was like. But already I'm just like, shouldn't have been reading this then. But I was drawn. I was drawn to (laughs) sexy books inappropriately yep. like and sweeping romances with tortured love stories so and I, then also sad books so I was you just made me think of I hadn't thought of it in so in the actual book copy itself but at our school like my elementary school library you could um like for your birthday or something I think your maybe your parent it was a public school but I don't know how you, you donated or something but you right. got to like dedicate a book to you, right. you could have like the sticker in the front that was like yep. this is yep like Gift whatever some so-and-so. special yep. thing yeah and um I remember one of mine was Bridge to Terabithia ah I don't think I've read a, that I thought I think I saw oh, the movie it's a gut-wrenching story too like I love the fault in our star you know like I love a sad I love to cry right same in here my books. same but here I remember that book like I would do that and I would it was like a ritual, like you're saying, like your whole, everything around it. I remember going to the library, to the Nora Public Library that I, is still here. And I would pick out, like, my mom be like, okay, well, you can only get like 10 books. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, we are going on vacation. And right. I would really read like 10 or 12 books Isn't that amazing? in like a week. That's yeah, amazing. It's crazy. I don't, I think I read 10 or 12 books last year alone. Like, Same. I'm just not. The reader I used to be. I mean, part of it's because I'm trying to write and I get other voice. I don't like getting other yeah. voices in my head. Yeah. And the other part of me is I read like a, I read like a writer. So I'm not rushing through anything. I'm like taking each sentence and breaking it down and highlighting and like that's amazing. How'd you come up with this? Or oh, I don't know if I like this. Or like oh this is interesting. Like I and I I just take my time dissecting books while I'm reading them, and so I, it takes me a long time yeah. to get through them, even if it's really I, good. It's I taking, know. I just read um. I, I did read it in a day. I'm a really fast reader, but like I read um, Ghosts 
Dolly Alderton's Ghosts. Have I don't you know that one. Read this? Um, it was great. It's like a single girl in London. She's in her 30s. Right. But like a lot of her friends are getting married and settling down. It's very fun. It's very, it's just, and I, th- there's a lot of specificity in the scenes and passages, which I think is a lot in, in your book too. Like there, right. you feel very grounded like in the yep. world of yep. the book. Yep. And um, I kept finding myself like grabbing my phone and just snapping um shots of passages right. in the book that Isn't I was like oh this is so perfectly descriptive and uh. I some of it was like I want to write like that and some of it was like that feels like my life even though yep. I'm older than this character she is like the one person in kind of her friend group she has one other single friend but her friends are settling down and having babies and moving to the suburbs and she right. you know she gets ghosted by this guy and oh, it's like oh, uh, yeah God. it was like perfect and then like isn't you know yeah um, yep. But it was, I, I felt like that same thing where I was like, ooh, that, I want to be able to do that. Like, I, I want to write do like that. that. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm very exactly. excited you're writing. That makes I me am. happy. Whatever it is, I Whatever can't wait it to Whatever it is, I'm hoping I'm oh, creating that's... interesting characters who will stay with you for a long time. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> we'll see. Is it going <laughs> to destroy my heart again? Oh, man. Oh, who can say? Who can say? Who can say? Okay. 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 I, I've done my due diligence. I have asked the question. Um, well, do you like, are you, are you drawn to like kind of angsty or yes, like I totally tortured am. Like you were love saying, stories? Just angsty, tortured anything. Like I, like you were yeah. saying, I love, I love to cry. I love things that make me cry, whether it is a book yeah. or a film or a TV series. Um, we, 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 I'd mentioned to you how, we, like in the nineties, we'd get together and watch these TV shows, and like yes. I used to love Party of Five because it made me oh. cry. But even like things that you don't think of, like when you know Bob Saget died a couple of weeks ago. Yes, and I think about how many full lives I would full lives full house I'd watch with my sister, and I would joke when my tears would come and I was like, Oh, it must be like seven, whatever time it was eight twenty seven, And like on the dot 27 minutes after the hour is when like that music would start and you'd learn the lesson and I would be crying. And I'm like, I cannot believe yeah. I am crying again. Danny Tanner giving information to <laughs> Steph or whatever, whatever it was. And it was like, I, I was, um, I, I it's, I think also part of it's me being an actress or me wanting to be an actress back then yeah. is like I knew that I was very much in touch with my emotions and I like things that made me feel and I wanted yeah. to have that power to make other people feel in that way and I think that is yeah. my entire reason I create any kind of art like I wanted yeah. it's not so much to tell stories for me as it was to make people feel yeah that makes sense because that's that's all that I love in music in books in tv like I love to, but like, and that can be, I like to laugh too. I'm, I'm I do a too. comedy girl. Like, I, I do that's too. feeling like yeah. I have big feel. I've always had big feelings. Yeah. And, and so I was drawn to stuff that like, cause it, it does give you, if, if you're, and I think as sometimes a woman in the world or even a little girl, like sometimes big feelings aren't always yep. welcome yep. Um, when you're feeling them yourself right yes it's like, exactly you're, you're too much this you're too much that you're Absolutely. a lot like I yep. I've been described as a lot my whole life but like when you're when you can channel it um through us because oh I'm crying because of this song I'm I'm crying or because of this show or I'm feeling all these things because of this show somehow that packaged it up nicer right for, right for the world you yep. know so I'm like yep. but but also I'm like 
but people don't understand how deeply I'm feeling these oh things my God. inside of me. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. I'm still like, fe- I still feel pain from like Brenda and Dylan breaking. Oh up. my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like real physical pain. Um, I get it. Oh God, I can't believe Dylan's gone. Anyway, oh. I'm like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, I'm the same. I'm the same. One of my all-time favorite movies, and it's not cool to say as an actor because it's not like the actor's actor's movie, but I will just say it. One of my all-time favorites is Titanic. It is same. the only movie I have seen four times in a theater. I have seen it countless times, you know, at home on video or whatever. Um, I own the Titanic Trivia Pursuit game. <laughs> I, I like I have books and books and it and I'm that kind of person like remember how I was talking about uh, the Judy Bloom book and I had to go and learn everything about the Holocaust when I saw Titanic I had to learn everything about the actual Titanic oh yes and I was a oh, student yes. then at or is yeah I was a student then at law school at, at Columbia and so I I like ransacked the Columbia library and then I went to the New York Public Library and I was like give me everything there is to know and I memorized every detail about that actual ship everyone who was on it like all the names like I could I remember I remember like playing a game with myself like how many names can I name right now of actual actual passengers on Titanic like right now like I would name the, I would list them in my head like I was totally <laughs> A little crazy, I am, but I was no. obsessed. And I thought, obsessed. I thought James Cameron did this like phenomenal, phenomenal job of taking this actual story. I mean, a real life historical event and weaving his love story into it and having real characters. Like, like yes. one of the things that you, you, I never, I try not to do as an actor is approach other actors in a space where you should not approach them let's say like at a restaurant and be like oh my god i love you but i was in starbucks and victor garber was there and he played you know right exactly and i was i'm also an alias head right okay this is before this is before alias yeah yeah but yeah but i was like i I, I was like i'm so sorry to stop you to bother you but I cannot tell you. And I like, I almost teared up at the, like, at, at yeah. the barista, like near the barista. Like, I was just like, I was, I'm such a fan of your work. Like, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that movie. And, and he's like, you know, he's a theater actor. And like to come up yes. and be like, oh, you sure you saw the movie that made $700 million. Like, but like, but what about my work? Like, <laughs> um, I, I think he may have been the only actor I've ever approached him and um, Harold Perrineau on the train. Because he'd done, he'd played, I was on my way to an audition. I was in law school and auditioning at the same time. And I had my sides in my hand and I looked up and he's sitting across from me and he had played Mercutio and Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he was amazing. And I I, like, I said, like, I have to just say, like, I mean, God, his performance in that. I mean, he's done, his, gone on, done oh. other great things. He's done, including but, like, speaking he, of Lost, which was one of my favorite shows yes, ever. Yes. But uh, his performance in that was just like it was so beautiful to see Shakespeare taken and made so modern and unconventional, and yet be just as compelling and riveting as anything else that was out there. And using you know Shakespearean language, like, oh, it was, it was amazing. Oh. I was. That whole, I mean, it's, that's, I'm like, you guys, you can, you can, this is why we're Leo Ryder. Like, this is, he did those things at very right. formative ages for both right. of us. Um, but like, I was in college, so during that phase, so like, 
and I was in English, you know, I'm like an English major at Duke and I'm like Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, like I don't, my brain was like exploding. Cause it's also like, you know, that age where you're really starting when you get in your late teens and twenties and you're exploring film and art in right. like different ways. And yeah, he, they looked like that and the music and the, and this, everything, every performance in that is so incredible. Oh and then God. so tight. I can't believe I haven't talked about Titanic on this show yet either. I you love have Titanic so much. I it like if it is on TV, I will just stop what I, I will stay up till four in the morning and yeah. watch it on like TBS. Yes. Like I I saw it my it was the I was my senior year in college. I was done with finals already, but like a lot of my friends still had finals, but I wasn't going home for a couple more days. Right, right. And the movie came out and I went with three friends, like two guys and one of my girlfriends. None of us were dating her. It was just like, we're just like going to the movies because everyone was studying. Right. We come out sobbing. The boys are sobbing. Worse, my friend and oh my Olivia God. and I are sobbing. And we get to the bars that night and we're like, we won't talk about anything else. We're like, everybody has to go see Titanic right now. Like this movie is da da da. And then I got home, made my family go immediately. Then went like, went with my best friends. We all have to go. I mean, yep. saw it so many times. Oh, it God. still like hurts my it's it like hurts. it hurts if I think if I think of it about, like for the longest time I could also use that to cry on cue like as an actor going into auditions I would use like her just saying Jack 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 like that I, I, I couldn't say that and not like the tears not come to my head <laughs> like my eyes like I was just but I mean I cried from the line you jump I jump to the end oh. to the credits I just got a chill I, I know chill. I know <laughs> Do you know what makes me cry? I have never been an actor. My friends used to make fun of me, but um, if anyone starts to sing any, I'll just start crying thinking about it. Puff the Magic Dragon. Really? Makes me cry on crew. That's so bizarre. Little Jackie Paper loved that rascal Puff, and I have tears in my eyes right now. That's so bizarre. So what crazy. is that? Yeah. Something something traumatic know. from your something, childhood? Something from my childhood that I've like buried. I don't know. We haven't uncovered it. And maybe my therapist will listen to this podcast and we'll get to it at some point. Like, what is that? That's but yeah. so weird. So uh, before I let you get on with your day, have you been watching anything else lately that you're into or excited about or reading anything? I just finished Yellow Jackets. <gasps> oh, you finished it. Okay. I finished it this weekend. Um, what are your thoughts? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god i you know i, I don't want to say mixed because i mean I, I thoroughly enjoyed it but there were a yeah. few nights that i woke up like and had to go to the bath to pee and i couldn't get out of my bed because i was so scared and like terrified okay. like what, what's yeah yeah happen? but i was like i'm having nightmares about yellow jacket like it was creepy and haunting in the way that a great show should be creepy and haunting you know i know people are comparing to like blair comparing it to blair witch or to Lost, and i didn't really it didn't feel like either of those to me. It was its own yeah. special entity. Um, yeah. And it really messed with me. It really it's- did. <laughs> and it was like that, like, okay, I'm going to admit something here. I've never watched Game of Thrones. I watched the first three episodes okay. twice. Yeah. I tried Not twice. for everybody. Yeah. It was just too... At that point, there was just too much rape and violence, and I was like, I, I can't get it's over It's really this graphic. Yeah. It's totally really graphic. graphic. But that first opening scene in the pilot of uh, of Yellow Jackets reminded me of like the opening scene in Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's just like the blood and the death in the yeah. woods in the snow, and I was like, "Oh God, where are we going?" But then it was like, and then it was like cut to like 
teenagers in like New Jersey in the nineties. And I'm like, I can, I can watch yeah. this. This is like, you're like this, this, this a little, I can, right. <laughs> like, you're okay, like, uh, like Massey star in soccer uniforms in the nineties. Right. That part. Yes. I, totally. Yes. And so it made, it made the, and, and we never really get, except until the season finale, you never even get back to that snow thing. I mean, there's a lot of blood yeah. and guts, but we don't get back to the, there's a lot, the blood in the yeah. snow. The blood in the snow is a really disturbing image for me. I don't know it why is. that is. Maybe because it, it's, it's so, it's in such high relief. It's so primal. It and like yeah. yeah, it's so primal and raw and like terrifying to be yeah. cold in the snow and yes like, exactly you know like, like the, it's just like whoa that's like my worst right that's one of my worst nightmares right to bleed out and yeah die but it's so chilling snow. at the end when it's just like who the fuck is lottie matthews no, and i was like no ah! i know oh my god it was crazy it was crazy it was so, so good, good. I, so also good. Like I love little... seeing like women, like a <gasps> totally yes. women doing these. And then also women actresses I don't get to see very often anymore, like Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis or even Tawny Cypress. Like it was so wonderful seeing them take on these characters. And oh my gosh, these Melanie, Melanie, L- Lins- Lins- Melanie Linsky, who I don't know that I knew before three weeks ago when I watched Don't Look Up twice in a row. And I was like, she looked yeah. familiar to me, but I couldn't place her. And then when this started, I was like, oh my gosh, it's don't look up. It's like, she's getting all the hot guys in like, how she keeps getting paired with all these hot men and then on these like juicy projects. She is having a moment and she's so awesome yeah. and I'm loving it. But, um, God, yeah, she's been like a best friend and a secondary character in, in like so many things. I'm um, yeah. And, like I right. love this. Like she's big getting her moment. Yeah. Role for her. It's she's so, so good. good. It's she's so good. I do. But, uh, I do worry that they're going to eat her baby, though. Like, I kind of. Oh, God. Why did you say that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that dream where it's in chicken. That. <laughs> oh, maybe you're right. But I don't uh, think they kill the baby. I oh just, my god! I thought the baby was just not going to make it, or it was going to be a stillborn. Yeah. I mean, like she's I was like still no I nourishment. Was like, it's gonna, yeah, it's like hard. It's going to be hard for that baby to survive. God, I don't know. Sorry, I can't Robin. Believe you said they ate the baby. <laughs> I'm a dark soul. You, that is really dark. Well, that explain that, it. There's because that, that dream. Where, I know, but that and, and my, my, it's so funny. I was with my trainer yesterday, and she's like, well, "What did it mean when the baby was a chicken?" And she bought it, and she bit into it. I was like, "I think well, because they're all starving, and like you're having dreams of food. Like that's where my mind yeah. went to. Like whenever yeah, I'm on a you're diet, normal. I dream about food like crazy. It's crazy oh. when I when I'm starving myself am, in real life. I just dream I about am food. right now. Maybe yes, that's my problem. but then I also I'm doing, have this. I'm on day two of Prolon right now. So oh I'm my hungry. gosh! So you dream about food. So I also have this yeah. really cool thing that happens in my dreams when I'm when I'm on a diet. Is that I know it's a dream and I can eat all I want. Oh yeah, that's amazing. It's that a, you like it, and it happens all the time, and it like clicks, and it's like, oh yeah, this is great. You know, it doesn't happen. I I'm never not stop being married in my dreams so when some really hot guy comes in i'm like yeah i'm still married it's like it's so in my subconscious i know your loyalty and love and partnership like like my own subconscious won't let me just enjoy myself it'll let me eat but it will not let me have sex with men that are not my husband that's so without guilt very romantic i guess i kind of love it but i also wish that you could have dream sex because it's like not you know i know it's not real right or or guilt-free dream sex <laughs> or like, guilt-free dreams yeah you shouldn't have to like carry right. that burden exactly. if you're going to be in like the most unrealistic setting like i don't know my dreams are so weird sometimes the ones right. that are really weird you're like yeah i should be able to like untether myself in this right. weird ass dream exactly no 
I've got this like super Ugh. ego sitting on my shoulder. It's probably Look my husband. You. It's probably, he's probably like <laughs> drugs me at a time. It's like he's like incepted. Right. <laughs> exactly. Speaking, let's just bring another Leo movie in. Another he's Leo like movie. In, there's like a spinning, like you got to spin a top and see what's happening if it falls over. Can not, I have sex you with know. you and not feel guilty or not? Hold on. Let me just spin this top and see what yeah, happens. Exactly. Is this real life right now or not? Oh, my God. Am I in the 80s with Duran Duran? I don't know. But I'm a grown up. You know, I (laughs) I do love I did love me some Duran Duran and I had some wicked uh, crush little, you know, teen crush. Yeah. Young person crushes on. Yeah. I was a John girl. Well, who wasn't? I mean, I I went through all of them in, you know, one phase or another. Um, But John was just beautiful. I mean, God. Do you have any of your fix that you wrote? When we um, didn't all of them fix it. All of it. It's you so funny because I was just amazing. telling my husband because it's like I, they're in, they used to be in my garage, they're in boxes in my garage, and then I, I transfer it to my bedroom in my closet. Um, but, you know, I, we live up in the hills in LA, yeah. and every time there's like a, a, like we have to evacuate for a fire, one of the things I'm rescuing is like a it's massive Tupperware of like, <laughs> like fanfic stuff from the 80s. <laughs> like, and yes. just the other day, I said to my husband, I was like, I wonder if I could digitize this. I'm not carrying around all this stuff. Like, also, I, yeah. I don't think that I'm ever going to so go back and have it. Though. I'm not going to go back and read it. I'm not going to let anyone else read it. I don't know why I'm carrying it. As po- as, besides the fact that I don't know, just proof that I, I did it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I wish I had. I don't have so many things that like I wrote back then or even like in college and stuff and I'm really annoyed with myself no I I, I also have all my journals too I have all my journals I started keeping a journal like when I was third grade um I don't I don't keep it I think from between third grade and like the age of 27 I was like writing every day I don't write as often anymore now it has to be like a really big event or like a really interesting dream I'm trying to analyze but um yeah but that's still a lot that's so those are two big boxes that I pack up every time there's a fire (laughs) like my my all my journals and all my writing yeah can I ask you before I let you go about your writing process like what do you have like what is kind of your process like do you goodness like do you does an idea like I don't know tell me about it it's I'm always so curious I love to talk to writers about that I don't I feel like for me it's completely unpredictable um yeah with each process it's different so the idea of you is something that came to me uh very quickly and immediately I could see the entire story play out. Like I didn't have to okay. sit and be like, oh, what's going to happen? Or da, 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 are they going to work it out? Or like, I knew what the last scene was. I could picture, I could picture what she looked like and what she was like. And then I was like, okay, what, what career fits this woman that I'm, I've got in my head. I knew what he was like, like how he looked, how he moved through the world. Like I knew all these characters were just so it was kind of amazing. Like they just, yeah. They, I mean, I just, I mean, I didn't have to, th- I don't even have to think about them. A lot of work went into it, but they were like gifts to me. They came to me so quickly and so like fully written, you know, like Oliver, like uh, the guy, um, yeah. his best friend, but like, he was just like, I mean, he showed up and I knew everything about him. I knew every little detail. I knew the kind of guy he was. I knew what he was going to do. I knew how their relationship was going to play out. I knew what kind of threat he was going to be to Hayes and Selene's relationship. Like, I knew everything and it was so, it was such a gift. And for me, it was just 
getting it out of my head and onto the paper fast enough. And I would write yeah. every day. I would write around the clock. Um, I didn't exercise much or sleep much or do anything else but write. I would take my laptop with me everywhere. So like if I was dropping the kids off at like gymnastics or ballet, I'm sitting in the waiting room like writing while they're in class or whatever it was. Wow. Um, and this book has been completely different in that it's taken me – after I wrote The Idea of You, I think I had about a good three years, three to four years of total writer's block. Like complete, like I'd have this idea and I'd, I'd start writing it. And then I, like I would write, this is sucks. This is total crap. What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to write. I don't know how to write a sentence. I don't know. I've lost it. Like it's gone. It was like this little gift that was given to me and it's completely gone now. Um, and then Donald Trump happened and mm -hmm. I couldn't focus on writing. I, I feel like every day there was something scary going on in the country or like our democracy or whatever. And I couldn't. I couldn't create art with all that going on. Like I, I couldn't relax enough in my body and yeah. in my brain to create art. Um, yeah. And then when I finally came across a story that I thought, okay, maybe, maybe this is good. Like it's taken me forever. Like I've been working on this one book now for three years. Like I've had the idea of it for three years and I've got characters and backstory and scenes and dialogue and whatever. But I feel like I didn't really, really, have a full timeline until this past Christmas. Okay. Like, it's taken me that long. And so now I'm like, okay, I know my timeline. I've gone through all the beats. I know every single scene in this book. And I'm just going to go plow through and plug in the scenes because I've got like little bits of dialogue or information in each scene. And now I need to actually write those scenes. And so yeah. it's taking me forever to write this book. Forever. And yeah. I try to do it every day that I'm free. Like, I don't have appointments or anything like that. Like, right. Um, if I'm not auditioning, I've been auditioning a lot during the pandemic because everything went remote. And so casting directors are no longer saying, okay, we can only see, let's see, 30 people for this role. It's like right. everyone can, can submit something. And so, and so it's suddenly it's like tons of auditions and I have to put my attention on them and that becomes. Yeah, of course. Because, so that if I get an audition, it takes me out of it for at least a day, like at least 24 hours. I can't really write right. Um, yeah. And then just other things, life gets in the way. I'm life, yeah. taking kids to appointments. I'm dealing with COVID or whatever. I don't know. Anything, anything. Yeah. Like all these yeah. little distractions. And so it's been really hard for me to like buckle down. And there's some days I, I can sit in front of my laptop for four hours and be like, I've got 150 words written in four hours. That is I'm trying awful. to do the same thing. I have two different book ideas and I keep not doing them it's and I do awful. a little bit and then I don't and it's like and then I get mad at myself and then I'd be like then I'm like don't get mad at yourself like that right do I totally do good, I you know my, I like, have notes like I'm writing a scene and then halfway through the scene I'm like this sucks I suck I don't know what I'm doing and then the yeah. next line is stop judging yourself Robin just keep going like <laughs> like it's literally yeah. written to the scenes so I because I obviously I know I'm going to come back and edit it but yeah 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 of I'm judging myself it's, too much like I just it's like, I don't put write something first. interesting here Abby right I know <laughs> like I'll do but, stuff like that I'm like try to put but something I know people who do here. that like like <laughs> Like Taylor Jenkins Reid is a good friend of mine, and she she has this formula. At least before she had her first kid, she was writing her little girl. She was writing a book a year, and I was like, I don't know, publishing a book a year. And I was like, I have no idea how you do it. And and she would say she spent the first three months just doing like a really crappy draft, and she would write everything down, 
And she's like, and if it changed tense in the middle of it, I would change the tense. And if the character's name changed, I would change the character's name. Like she would just get it out there as messy as possible. And then she'd go through a fine tooth comb and go over it again and make it into a story. Um, I'm not like that. She's brilliant. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know how she keeps coming up with these ideas. Like, how do you get these ideas? Like, I feel I'm a good writer and that I can craft a really beautiful sentence or a paragraph or a page or a beautiful scene or great dialogue. But the whole story coming together is not always clear to me. Yes. And so I focus on what I know I'm good at. And so I've got, you know, so many pages of beautiful, beautiful sentences. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Like, what do I do? No with this one will paragraph? say it's this awesome. wasn't well written. It's just whether or not they're going to say it's good. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's I know. beautifully like, written rubbish. Love- <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, what is this story? I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how and to do I, it. And you're very inspiring to me because, like, you, you know, and Tia always says too, she's like, just do it. Just I know. Keep doing I don't understand it. And that. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I know, but it's so hard. And I think part of it is fear, too, because if I don't oh, it's totally finish fair. it, then no one can reject it and, it, right. and tell me it's not good. Well, there you, you go. Know? And, exactly. And, and I feel like writing <laughs> for yourself. But also no one will ever read it. You know? No one like, will ever read it. But then yeah. writing for yourself is a completely different ballgame. Like, I loved writing the idea. of it. I love that experience because no one... There was no one on my shoulder but me, you know? Yeah. There was no I wasn't yeah. judging myself. I wasn't thinking, oh, what's this person gonna say? Or what that or like, my God, what's my I mean, there were a couple of scenes I wrote that I thought, okay, my dad can never read this book. Like, like I know. if I ever publish this, my dad can't read it. But with yeah. with this next one, it's like, what's my agent gonna say? What's my editor gonna say? What are my readers yeah. of the idea of you who loved it are gonna say? Like what are like what are my yeah. friends? Like I I'm 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 judging everything. And it, it yeah. makes me Really sad because I don't have the freedom that I had before I was a published author. Yeah. Well, they say it's, that it's about like gone. the first book and the or the first album, you know, because yeah. it's like you have a lifetime of right ideas and not that you necessarily had that idea your whole life, but just like of things and thoughts and words right. and sentences and or, you know, melodies if you're a songwriter or whatever. And then you do the first one and then you have to do another one, you and know, you and then you're one. like, wait, but then you, you're like, but I, I had all these years behind me that helped me get to that one. To the, right. And now, now, now I've got like a couple of years next one do, in like in yeah. two years or right, something, exactly. you know, and it's like, I feel like that's so real. Like that's, that's very, very real. And there right. is, you know, and it's, but and there's an expectation. Well, everyone will, yeah, there's an expectation, but also everyone will be so, ex- I will be so excited to read whatever you write. Maybe for the and first five pages will, and then I, I be think, like, uh, <laughs> where's <yeah>. Hayes? <laughs> Is Hayes here? I'm looking Listen, for if him. You ever, if you ever want to also revisit Hayes, but the, that has to be right for you. Like you right. would have to want to right. revisit those characters. Exactly. But if, if you never do, they live in this perfect to me I know. book that, and part right of me, that I can read anytime, you know? You can read it anytime. He's, he's there. And so that's another one of my my fears is that I go back and I write it and I write a or write a sequel and it's it can't possibly as good be as good as the first one and people will be ups- not upset but like oh yeah the sequel's good like <laughs> it's like that's yeah. not what I want and I feel like I was so happy with this first book why can I just leave it alone and just let them exist yeah. in that world forever and ever I also love the fact that I left so many I deliberately left unanswered questions and I, I love seeing people kind of muse over like what did this mean or whatever i feel like if i give all the answers away it's not it doesn't give you material to discuss in your in your lit in your, your, in your english in, or in your english class and at or in your english class <laughs> yeah no because also they can like 
they can go on and I mean I don't know there I have I I should have looked I bet there's fan fiction idea of you there fan there is there's fan fiction in their own yep you know like I know it exists I I don't I don't read it um I'm, I have my own version of what I think you oh know, everyone has their, like, books, this is what you know like right? <laughs> this or, or like this is what I think will happen in right. the future world of them in 10 years right. you know that's the great thing about books because that can right. just be in my head but again if you ever wrote it I would would you I would read it into my veins I know, immediately I but I, I mean I, I think, think it totally makes sense like you know I get it I totally get it yeah so I'm torn but I, I want to finish this book first and see what happens with it yeah see how I feel see where about the muse it when it's takes done you, before, you know? I, before I return to them and it's like you know I, I didn't kill them off for a reason um, yeah and I didn't make them completely despicable unlikable characters for a reason and now that you have one you of know, the uh, last line for the ages I, <laughs> oh. I love that last line that I line fought is so good. I fought to keep it too because my one of my <gasps> Yeah, someone's like, why don't you, you change this and make it a little kinder? I was like, nope. They're like, well, can you take out one of the longs? And I was like, nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no, it's perfect. Thank God you knew. Well, you knew. I knew. Like, it's perfect. I couldn't what, imagine. Oh, it's The other perfect. thing I have, I do, I have the last, should I ever write the sequel? I have written the last line of the sequel. So that's Ooh. already done. <laughs> I, I came up with it on a run in Florida visiting my parents years ago. And I was like, okay, that's how the book ends. That's how the oh, story Oh, I love it. Ends. Well, the one of, one of the book ideas, I have two different ones that I've been bantering around. And one is YA and one is not. But the non-YA one, which is a little bit uh, retelling my own life um, right. at one phase of my life, which, which T always tells me to do. Um, but I want to uh, hear about this. This is, what, it's like a kind of a, my, my twenties. Yeah. Like er, er, early, late nineties, early two thousands, New York city. Nice. Magazines. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 not the boy, but uh, again, a composite of many boys. Right. But, yep. You know, a little yep. bit that period of relationship time. By the way, so I wrote that book. <laughs> I wrote that book before the idea of you. I t- I spent about seven years yeah. working on it. It was like my time in New yeah. York. From like I said, I'm older than you, so it was like early '90s working um, in the magazine world. I, I I don't I think I don't think I mentioned this, but I was an intern at Elle magazine for like five years. Um, in New York, and then I worked there for a year in Paris when I was studying abroad, and it Chic. was the most extraordinary experience. Um, but I wrote a story about it was a semi-fictional, uh, semi-autobiographical story about the boy and my years yeah. in the fashion magazine, <laughs> and I couldn't yeah. sell it. <laughs> so I'm like, well, the '90s are back, baby. Maybe the '90s are back. But I know the last scene and I know the last what I think it should be the last line. I knew that before I almost knew anything else. That's the best. That's the best. Because for some people that that that's where everything it can all fall apart there. Yeah. So So. I don't know. But your last line is inspirational to me. It's so good. Well, I I should let you get on with your day. I I can't believe we we haven't. First of all, we haven't discussed Harry, which is like. I know. I know. Let's let's give let's give Harry his due for one minute. Just give him one minute. Um, Yeah. I mean, like what? What? what, Let me ask you this. Okay. I and I I am seeing Tia next week in New York. And I also. What do you advise? Like, I feel like both of you have better boundaries than I do about um, Harry or maybe I just don't know what goes on obviously I don't know what goes on in your life but like 
How do we're you gonna get- have tour again this summer and like I think I'm gonna go to London. Nice. Um, Did you get tickets? Oh, they're, tomorrow, they're Thursday. They go on sale, right? Yeah. If you don't own, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Wembley feels like a thing I should do. Uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. I, have you got, have you been able to like control your brain in a way yes. that you can help me control my brain? Please help me so, and the other listeners of this podcast who I call the Coven of Psychos lovingly and truly. Right. So my mm-hmm. Harry, my Harry story is very unique and that I didn't really know who he was. I'd heard his name, but I didn't know who he was before I started writing the book. Mm -hmm. And my discovery of him was kind of simultaneous with my starting, having this idea about this book. Like, what if there was a guy in a boy band who was like really good looking and really young that you could be attracted to? But then I also didn't want him to be this guy. Like, then I started thinking, well, what would be my dream guy? Because originally I was like, okay, boy band, I'm going to write this book. And then I was like, uh, they're not American. They have to be British because yeah. it's just way more charming. And then I'd spent so many years writing Duran Duran fanfic. It's like, I can write for a British band. I can write British men's voices. Yeah. I can write their accents. I can do the accent for the audiobook. Should one want me to do the accent for the audiobook? Mm-hmm. And um, I, um, I just felt like I knew that world and I was going to develop him into this person who I wanted to see who didn't exist, right? So I... I kind of thought, like, what if you were able to combine, like, Harry Styles with Prince Harry? Like, what if he was this posh, sophisticated you that's guy? Like my dream whole situation. It was a my, dream I've, situation. I've, I've been obsessed with, I mean, my, I, both my British hair, it's a, it's my uh, sickness is both of them. So that's why your book is just like, <laughs> so, so that's what I, I, I mean, I tried to do. I mean, obviously not making it either one of them, but like, I spent yeah, yeah, a of lot course. of time, like, researching um, like watching interviews with Prince Harry and Prince William and then like also their like friends or, or people who were there I knew had the similar upbringings yeah. like like Eddie Redmayne yeah. I use Eddie Redmayne a lot because yeah. I know that he was yeah. at Eaton with them and yeah. I find him like unbelievably charming like he's so stinking adorable so and the first time I saw um I forgot what it's called whatever my something with Marilyn my date my week with her my week with Marilyn my and week I was in Maryland, like, yeah. I was on a plane. Someone was watching it next to me. I couldn't hear the dialogue. I could just see his face and his lips and mm. his freckles. And I was like, who the hell is that? Like, I was like I immediately smitten. And so I watched, a, there's a lot of Eddie Redmayne. And I watched a lot of Benedict Cumberbatch. And I like, and I started like piecing together, like, who would this like beautiful posh boy be? But like also ridiculously sexy. Um, yeah. And then as I created him, and started making him do things and, and picturing him in, in this world where he's, you know, uber famous and in a boy band. I started making him do and say things. And then Harry Styles started doing them in real life. And it would be I know, after. That's so crazy. Yes. And it, like and from it the was, dining table? Like, the dining, from the dining table was a thing that like, and I, I, just full disclosure, I'm not in therapy. I haven't been in therapy in about 20 years. I need yeah. to go back to therapy. For sure. But I really needed it when I was writing this book because I thought I was going crazy. I was losing my mind. I was so obsessed with these characters. I had both of their voices in my head all the time. So for like a year and a half, there were three people in my head. It was Hayes, Selene, and me, like trading thoughts Mm -hmm. back and forth and words. And like they were so alive to me. They were so real. I was like, I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. And I was devastated when the book was ending 
because they were ending, but my time with them was ending. And I was, yeah. I, I was crying around the clock. It was like a full on depression, but I had to finish writing the book. And I was like, I need a therapist, but I also don't want her because I I'm partial to female therapists to say something that's going to, to <laughs> that's going to like turn it off. Like whatever the voices are in my head, I don't want them to go away because what if I can't write? Like what if I don't hear them anymore yeah. and I can't write them anymore yeah. and I I need them and if I ever write a sequel, I need them again. So I don't want to I don't want to shut this off entirely. I want to be able to access this like like voodoo kind of like whatever it is that I'm this magic. I don't want to lose it. Um, but the freaky thing was that I would write these things. Like I wrote the scene in Anguilla on the boat and I like Mm -hmm. four months later, he shows up in Anguilla with Kendall and then they get papped on the boat between Anguilla and St. Bart's near St. Bart's. And I was like, you've got to be fucking ankle going up that ladder. Yes. Yes. And I was like, I was like, I, I, and I, I remember crying like, like hysterical. I was so angry at him. I mean, Kendall, but sorry, but I was also, I was angry at him for doing this. And I was like, they're going to think I wrote this book about you and that I researched all this stuff about you. And this is my own idea. This is my own guy. This is my own, like, how dare you live out this moment? And then it happened again this summer with Olivia on the boat in Italy. And everyone's like, do you see this? It's like they read your book. And I was like, I don't want, I don't want to know anymore. I don't, I don't want to know. No, I don't. And there was a period when he, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's like it's like she's like living here, but she's got a kid. Da, 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 she's divorced. Like, I, I, whatever. I know, I know, I know. But it's like I didn't write the Harry story. I wasn't writing the Harry story. I yeah. was writing my own characters, and he keeps doing it, and and it made me want to push away from him as far as yeah. possible. Like get my yeah. distance from him, and because I felt like I'd fallen into, I'd slipped into this place where I was in his head or he was in my head and I couldn't figure yeah. out how or why, like why yeah. it was happening. And a lot of things like before the book came out, like obviously like from the dining table, like there were all these little things that would, would happen. And I was like, he hasn't written my manuscript. He doesn't know. I don't know him. I even right. told him I'm writing this book. Like, how is he accessing these ideas? And my, my husband You're like, like, does Jeff Azoff have my house tapped? What's happening? <laughs> I know. Jeff, if you're listening. Um, but, my, but my husband would like, he was like, look, you're a good writer. You did your research. You had an idea of what a boy bander would do. You wrote it. Yeah. And that's what a boy bander is now doing. And it's like, yeah. but, it, but it's like, but your it was too right. specific, Eric. Like, it was what so the specific. hell? Like, it was really. I mean, the dining room, the, from the dining the, table is the one that just blows my mind. When I, like, I like, shut down. Like, I, I was like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And that's when I really shut down. Like, that, that I have not listened to all of HS1 yet at all, ever, ever. Really? Like, I told myself, that's it. I need to put some distance between me and him. I'm too much in his head or he's in my head and it's freaking me out. And so I don't want to hear these songs. I don't want to know what he's doing with his life. I don't want to do any of that. And so I never listened to the entire album. Like there's songs obviously that were popular that I was aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I haven't listened have to the listened album. Have you listened to Fine Line? I have listened to Fine Line. Okay. Uh, and I really Does like it. Does that feel different? Because it's like a different it feels time like a different, and you're in a different yeah, time period. And I'm whatever. in a different time period, right. And I'm, I was already like working on something else. It's so, yeah, so removed yeah. from him. It's like I could appreciate him a little bit like from yeah. uh like it was it, I, I had a little different perspective yeah but, like, sure what's but perspective I, I don't have any. so i had to i had to when that album came out i had to like stop everything like i watched him on um 
Saturday Night Live for that first, yeah. Yeah. the first time around when he did the Sign of the Times and Ever Since New York. And that was yeah. like the last Ever Since New York watched. is one of my gateway. Two Ghosts and Ever Since yeah. New York were my See, gateway I've drugs. never, I've never um, heard Two Ghosts. I've never oof. listened to, I've never heard Two Ghosts, but I have listened Ma'am, to Ever Since I New York. I don't know if you ever should, because I think I probably don't want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only reason I listened to From the Dining Table is because because of the title and everyone's like, you have to listen to it. You have to. Yeah, and so everyone who hasn't read the book, when you read the book, you'll get it. There's a, a very important dining table moment. Yes. Um, and I, I just stopped watching everything. Like, I remember it was right the week yeah. before I think he was going to do James Corden for like a week. And I was like, I didn't watch yeah. any of it. I didn't watch that carpool yeah. karaoke. I still haven't seen it. Like, I God, don't. You're so strong. <laughs> I, I had to. I, I Because I felt like I was going crazy. And I, and I, I could lose crazy. myself in my marriage. I'm also married. Like, yeah. what guy wants to hear about Harry Styles all the time? Like, Well, I can't <laughs> like, date now. Like, I, I, I could see how that could be a problem. That could be problematic. It's, like, it's been years now. Years years and so I go in phases where I'll get I'll be like Abby you gotta you know lock it down but then I I sometimes use your book as a gateway drug to turn other people I liken it to turning a vampire right and (laughs) and like my friend it is because you're like oh this is a sexy lifestyle but it's tormented it's totally tormented and dark so like my best friend here in Indianapolis um hi Allison um she she read the book and she had been recommended it by multiple people. Right. And then I was like, Oh, would you like to listen? I have a playlist called the idea of you. (laughs) And it's not just Harry. It's like other stuff too. Right. But it's a lot of Harry. And so then I sent her that. And then I was like, well, it was like during the pandemic and she was one of the people that I uh, saw in right. person and so right. I was like well we're like sit on my terrace and talk about the book and listen to this music and then I was like and here is the behind the album from the first right. album and yep. here and I just kept and here is his interview with Zane Lowe about Fine Line and, See, here, and then now that. she's here it's a really good interview I haven't oh, watched that so good. I haven't watched and, behind the album although I've seen a oh. little bit of footage and that freaked me out too I don't know if you know, but my parents are from Jamaica. My parents are from Jamaica. I'm Jamaican. He went and recorded the album there and then shot footage on my favorite beach, like in the world, the beach where I've told my my family to spread my ashes. And now all I can, when I think of it, I think of Harry Styles on a friggin' surfboard in his underwear. On a surfboard, like, like, like in his underwear. Like, what the hell? You know how many beaches there are in the world? In the world? Or even on that island? He's like, I'm going to go spend a few months in Jamaica and make this album. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm like, I'm done with you. I'm done. I make monsters. He's like, I heard you. I was listening to your your thing on him. And you were saying he was like, do you say he was like a wizard, like an angel? He's a demon, a witch. Yes. Well, he and I call him a sex demon all the time, but he's a witch. I see that. But I see the witch thing. And it felt yeah, like it felt like a witch thing. Like he was he was under my skin yeah. in a way that yeah. I was not comfortable with. And so I had to like I had to just step away. I haven't seen him in concert. I don't know I don't know that I can. Like it's a I, lot, I, Robin. I so know. Much. And I don't I don't I don't I'm a, I'm good. Like I That's I, good. I, Someday maybe I'll be as strong as you. I keep saying but like, Tia, I gotta turn down the say, volume. Right. T's like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And it's like, the first thing you have to do is stop listening to the music because it's like Ugh. the music gets under your skin and then you're like, you're, you're knee yeah. deep, right? Like, 
And that's well, also the music is really the, it is at the core is the music. Like it really right. is like, you know, and so he you looks don't like that, but it's, and he music. looks like that. But even if you're seeing still images of him and you're not seeing him like performing or like talking or whatever, I mean, yeah. there's so much about him. That's just too much. <laughs> too much like you always say like you're like he i just want some peace like just right like i can't some peace like the, just the way his mouth moves when he speaks Ugh. like so i can't watch i don't want to i don't want to see it i don't want to see it he like tugs at that lip and I'm i like, know i know i know it's and he like it's he, he's got to know right he must know he, he, he has absolutely know. he knows oh he knows he, he knows. knows he always knows that's what tia and i always say because i'll text something and i've like back because i've like respect her boundaries too right you know obviously right and so with like this tour and she's writing so much and I'm she's got so much going on and I was like but like when I went and he played medicine like obviously I had to text her immediately and she was like oh my god I'm so right. excited for oh you oh my god and like but then every once in a while and we're just always like he fucking knows he always knows he like knows. I mean at, that, then I at wonder- that show he's like this is called edging and I was uh, yes, like I yeah heard that's what thing. I said like an hour right. and a half ago yeah. when your <laughs> intro music was starting and I'm like and I say to my friend what Gwen, who I'd taken with me, I was like, he's he fucking edges all the time. Yeah. And then he's yeah. like, this is called that. I mean, he knows. He, he knows. knows. And like, God bless him. I mean, I mean, God bless him. I'm always like, please don't, but never lifetime. stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I but I also feel like what what would what's the end game? Like, I, I'm, I'm married. <laughs> he's very involved. Right. I'm not his type. He has clearly never dated anyone that looked even slightly like me. Like, what am I doing to like, what, 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 what am, if I can't just listen to the music, enjoy the music and then go down with my day, like, why am I stirring myself up into this frenzy? And so that's, know. that's what I've you're, done. You're a power, way more power. Your, your witchy powers are more powerful. Well, I've got to get there someday. Maybe I'll get there. I don't know. It's been a long time now. I thought it would like, ease it would pass it, like, does it it would pass <laughs> and it doesn't pass <laughs> i keep waiting for like something to happen him to get like a bear belly or something or yeah go balls then he's just or, like, or, like just does something more delightful than the next I, and i'm yeah. like because he's also like he'll do something like really really cute and then i know something, like, i really, know really dirty, sexy, sexy and, then really and i'm dirty. like yeah God. i know and he seems <sighs> like i mean he just seems like a genuinely a really kind sweet person and yes that's, that's the worst because if he was just like a an ass it would be much easier to be like okay i'm over with this guy but he but i'd he be like yeah like just, his mom no, raised a really good boy and, and, oh, yeah so oh, yeah that's 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 that hairy life that's you know hairy it life. i know it i don't know your psychic connection is insane uh, the psychic connection was where i had a oh i had a moment i i thought about this other day the first time I heard she, the first the first time I listened to the album, I was on a plane. Uh huh. Oh, we were, we were going tightened to, emotions. Tightened emotions. We were going to Florida for Christmas, the last before the pandemic, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to listen. I want to listen to AirPods, so I have that whole like feeling of surround sound. Whatever. Yeah. And when she came on, hmm. like the lyrics just struck me in a way, and I like I totally started like goosebumps and mm-hmm. shaking, and I thought, what if? What if the way I he haunts me like in my head, like what if I'm in his head and he doesn't even know it? What if you are? like what would that be like feeling like someone else is in my head and stealing my thoughts? Ooh. 
I'm like, I'm not saying the song's about me, but I'm saying like, what yeah. would it be like no, to be, to think that someone is stealing your thoughts in your head? Like, like that kind of, I don't know. There was something yeah. about it that, that hit me that way, like in a very oh, freaky way. That's like very, I'm into that. That's isn't like that, very, but isn't yeah. it like, isn't it crazy? Like, yeah. we, it's like, like someone. Cause it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. I mean, what if you are? when i said when i said because i used to post about it a lot on facebook when i was writing and i was like he keeps doing these things and why is he doing this and blah blah blah. i feel like he's haunting me and someone's like well maybe you guys are friends in a past life and i started to to imagine like all our past lives like how we were connected Mm. in a past life like were we in a past life like what was then i started thinking like really dark like what if i was a slave and he was my slave owner like i started like all these weird like really awful things oh yeah yeah what if Yeah, so I don't know. I do not know. No, Robin, we're gonna <laughs> get I, a new album soon. Like I'm gonna, I I'm know, gonna go off the deep end. Like oh, I, I don't I wish even I know, could tell like, you it, what to do. I what if I was? I, I have a, no like, idea. It's like these young women, like at shows and stuff, and it was like the most beautiful environment. Like it was so wonderful, and everyone was so. I just seeing like all these like young women being like you're gorgeous and like right. you are and like it's just it was the happiest place yeah but i can just barely so well. deal with my shit about him like and i am in my mid-40s right like, if i was 17 right now i think right. my head would explode right like oh totally the intensity well, I- of teenage feelings and how intense this already like like everyone can if you if you know you know can right feel about yep. him yep. it's like what if I was 17? Oh Could you imagine? I Could you, like, I think about, like, the what I felt, all the things I felt at that age. Oh. Oh, my God. I yeah. mean, wow. He is a powerful witch. He is our most powerful, beautiful witch. Powerful, beautiful And witch. I mean, Coachella, like. I, know, uh, I don't know what's, what that's going to be. That's just, <laughs> that's just craziness. Good luck to you all. It's going to be in, in the, your neck in of the, the woods. Mud, I don't know what's going to happen in your brain. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I will not be there. I can promise you that. <laughs> You're like, no, but he'll that's, be mere hours away. Well, but he's often he, LA. He's often, yeah. Oh, he's, I yeah, can't even yeah. tell you how often, like there'll be how, pictures. Like when I was writing yeah. the book too, he would show up. Um, I, then I was like, follow, I was like paying attention to like one direction. Like, what are they doing? Where are they? And yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and like, you know, he'd be like getting gas in my neighborhood. There'd be like, t- like oh. paparazzi. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God. I was at the gas station yesterday. Like no one told me. <laughs> it's like, it's kind That's of what, When he does normal shit too, it's always just like Jesus. Like, like also it's like my TikTok does not help me, but like sometimes they'll be like things I can't imagine about Harry Styles. And sometimes they're just like, it just freaks me out sometimes when you're just like, wow, he has like cousins. Yeah, I know. I, and then, and like Tia said, then you get into the you obviously did for the book research and everything, but like the whole, you know, you become a, I became a directioner too. Right. So right. like, I'm very worried about Niall right now. Cause he's very stressed out about uh, the Derby County football club that might yeah. be <laughs> not following that at all i could I'm not like, tell you Niall what any of them are doing although i do like Niall's, Niall's music a lot I, I can't tell yeah. you i saw something was trending like whenever they're trending on twitter i'll look it up yeah what's going on yeah. and i just saw that freddie turned four four five yeah. louis son i forgot I think, what it was yeah but i feel like that was yesterday i remember went reading about that and I feel yeah. like that was yesterday. And I was like, I could have warned you guys. Like, I actually even have it. It's a line in the book. Like, this is what happens to band bo- boy bands. They don't last forever. And I was like, someone yeah. gets someone pregnant. Someone does this. That is like, it's yeah. a reality show. And 
Um, yeah. And I felt like he. But Niall, Niall seems to be okay in general, but I'm, he's very stressed out about this football soccer oh. situation in in like his hometown and he's like my dad will be so upset if they leave and I was like oh Niall now I'm worried about Mr. Horan like I've got to get my shit together <laughs> I could not I would not know what Mr. Horan looks like or his name or anything I don't like that. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like, but he just did reference his dad. So then I, of course, text one of my friends and I'm like, Niall is very stressed out. It seems like his dad is very stressed out. <laughs> Should we be like, sending over like with me? brownies <laughs> to Dublin yeah. or wherever he is? I don't know where yeah. he is. Yeah, I'm like, does he need some extra Guinness? Like, what do we do? That's hilarious. But Niall That's is my hilarious. number two. Like, he's my number two yeah. of the I, 1D boys. I, I really like, like a sweet kid. When I was working with, um, when working with, I went, yeah, I was working on... Fifty Shades. I was working with Jamie Dornan, yeah, and I could hear oh, the I'm things. With, by the way, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot there. There, I could yeah. hear the th- ways he sounded similar to, to Niall and the ways he did it, uh, and I hated that Niall was a person. And I was like, oh, Niall says thirty, but Jamie says thirty. Like that th thing is a Northern Ireland thing. And so I started like, <laughs> like regular Ireland, they say it's just like yes, it's, it's they, they get rid of the H, but the, the Northern Ireland they keep the H. And my husband was like, okay, you're crazy. But I was like, I've been trying to do an Irish accent forever because it's one of the things that I can't do. So I've been working on it. That's awesome. Not, I, would, I can't I'm do still not very good, but like, but I had a few words, and I'd like, I'd come home and like imitate him. And then my my one of my best friends from high school lives up in Vancouver, which is where we shot, and her husband is uh-huh. also Northern Irish. So I'd spend time with him, like hanging out on the weekends, and then during the days I'd be at Jamie Dornan, and I was like, I've got this Northern Irish thing down, like I've got it. Nice. But, oh um, yeah, I'm deep. I'm deeply obsessed with Jamie Dornan too. So. Yeah, I need um, to see Belfast. Yeah. I don't. I have a screener. I haven't watched it yet. I need to I, see that. It's so weird that I haven't watched it yet because I haven't been in the right mood and I need to be in the right like headspace to watch it. But right, I he is so delightful in Barb and Star. Go to Vista Del Mar. It is uh, incredible. He, He's so oh, funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I need to. I need to and, go watch some of his, more of his. And stuff. then there were clips of him like singing at the premiere party. Yes, I for, did see that. I was like, I did I see that. It's so charming. I can't <laughs> I was like, stand it. Who it's, knew Jamie had that in him? I did see that. And I saw a clip charming. yesterday. They did like an interview. Um, the entire cast, I think, it was like a Zoom interview with Annette Insdorf, who is this famous uh, professor of film, and she'd been my film professor at Yale like my freshman year I took this course masterpieces in American film history um and she was this incredible professor and to see like all my lives like my various lives yeah. like coming together and I was like Jamie and Annette in and professor Insdorf are on the same zoom that is the most random thing ever ever so well you know I um I, I don't know if I've said this on here before but I read um Fifty Shades before it was Fifty Shades because I was reading it in Are real time on oh. fan on fanfiction.net no way. No when way. it was called Master of the Universe. Because <laughs> I really? went through a very I went through like a real Twilight fanfic phase. Wow, it's like I've really had some fanfic. Like fan I'm like a, I am. So like my my original and it's always like at times in my life, sometimes when I just like really need something, it's some it's like a escape pod for me. Right. And um the first fanfics that I ever read were alias fanfic and it was while the show was still on and I would read like Sydney wow. and Vaughn like angsty fanfic. Yep. And I it literally like, the category was S V angst. I would read it. I never watched and then alias, also, and I feel oh. badly. I think I've seen like one or two episodes. Um, it was my it was like my favorite show. Oh yeah, you did. Going on thirty with with Jennifer, and um, 
Yeah, and I mean, people go back and talk about it. I'm like, I should probably have watched that show. Like, I feel like that's something I should have binged when not binged, but you know, yeah, before it's on Amazon now. I like loved it. not it? all the original music is there, which but you won't notice. I just I'm like I've watched it so many times because I owned all the like DVD box sets, so like. I would be like, oh yeah, that scene used to have a Coldplay song in it, and now it doesn't. That's or so that funny. one still has still has the like Modest Mouse song in it, or whatever. Yeah, and That's so I had an Alias fanfic, and then I went through a Twilight fanfic phase, um, and that so is in when the I read fanfic, what became what sh- Fifty Shades. <laughs> What what in the alias fanfic? What is she? How is it fanfic? Like, what are they doing? Like, well, so like, it, or is there a relationship like, in there uh, that's so, not? Yeah, the, so Sydney and Vaughn, so her and um, so Jennifer and Michael Vartan's character yes. had a very like angsty. And they they can't be together. It. Yes, yes. And so during a period, he was her handler at the CIA. She's working as a double agent to try to like take down what she finds out is she's working for the bad guys. She thought she was working for the good guys. So he, oh. he's her handler. Okay. So they like, and, and this all starts in the pilot because her fiance gets killed because she tells him the truth about what she does. And oh so she's also like grieving for part of it. And, and Victor, she finds out her dad is involved. She has this tortured kind of relationship with her father growing up. And then she finds out that he's involved, whatever. So, so Michael Vartan is her, he's called, his name is Michael Vaughn on the show and he okay. becomes her handler. So then they like can't have a relationship, but they start falling for each other. So you start like shipping them really okay. hard. Yep. So yep. sometimes, so I started reading fanfic where they could be together, but they weren't together on the show. And so that was my entry point <laughs> into fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> was like was like literally like oh they can't be together and then they're, they're like all these so different random. things happen over the course of the show so if you ever watch it but like that was how I started reading it because I wanted a world where Sydney and Vaughn could be together right and that I had is gotten most random and I, thing and, ever and I had gotten um like I think it was like right when YM folded and I had been the beauty director there Ah. And we had Jenna Garner on the cover for 13 going on 30, actually. And oh, really? That's so funny. And Alyssa Vitron, that's where I met Alyssa. And, and met she Alyssa. was the entertainment director. Yeah. And Got so it. I was out of work and I was like trying to find freelance gigs and get a new job and whatever. And I would sit at home <laughs> reading Alias fanfic. That's hysterical. <laughs> In a world where my two favorite characters could actually be together. Right. Yeah. And I have sex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't, it wasn't always sexy fanfics either. Like they would sometimes be like, it wasn't always like, that wasn't always the point. It was like, I was really wanting a world where I could, they could be together right. and like be yeah. a couple. Be yeah. Fr- right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so what did you th- think when they were dating in real life? She didn't marry him. Oh, I, no, no, no. She married No, no, Scott. no. She didn't. It, Cause she, then she, she was married to Scott and then. Um, then there was Michael then and Ben. She, okay. Then, then Ben came in after Vartan. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I was so into it. And I was and I, I was living in L.A. for a period during that time. And I would see Michael Vartan all the time. Right. Like all the time. And like one day I saw him three times in a row, like three different places. And I promise I was not stalking him. Um, that's so random. It, it was right when his, that movie that he did with JLo came out and that's kind of how they meet the monster in law with Jane Fonda. Uh, right, right, and that's right. how they like meet cute in that movie is they keep running keep into each, each other. other. And it was like right around that time. And I mean, I went to the equinox in West Hollywood. So you would see like a million. People I, I there. did too. I was there too. Um, oh my yeah, God. The things like, I saw. Oh five oh six, yeah, yes, and that's and, when I was there because it was shortly after I had my baby. Oh six, I joined. Yeah, I, I was think. there yeah. in oh six. I was a f- member. I was there all the time. I was there from oh six so, to oh to two 
2010, 11. Oh, 6 2011. And then, that, there, then sometimes you'd see, then obviously there was that coffee bean across the street yep. on Sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the, my friend was in town. My friend Gwen was in town for something and it was, we went to Koi for dinner because also like Koi. Oh my God, Koi. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> on La Sienica. Totally and, forgot about you know, Koi. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, very aughts, you know. And so we yep. saw him there, and I was like, I saw this guy three times in one day. I was so like, oh, we should be together, da da da, because I think he's so handsome, so so. That's handsome. so funny. Ants is like French and speaks French. Yeah, is he? he is, oh, for town. That yeah, makes sense. yeah, yeah. I didn't know that about him. I mean, I don't think he was born. He is French uh, parentage, yeah, I think. Yeah. And like, you know who so also when? speaks fluent, fluent <laughs> French. <laughs> Um, Bradley Cooper speaks fluent French. Yes. And also was on Alias. <laughs> so, was he really? Um, yeah, he's Sydney's best. He's Jen Garner's best friend, Will Tippin. I had no idea. That was like no his, idea. See, one of I'm his missing big all these things by not, have not, having not watched that show. And then when he had that show where he, no, there's that movie Burnt, but he had that show where he played a chef um, after Alias before he kind of like broke into movies and right. he would speak French sometimes on that show and Vartan came on and guest starred on that show and they spoke French together and I like lost my Shut mind. Shut up. What show is this? Yeah. I, I have to go back it and was look. like a it was like a network sitcom like for Fox or ABC or something. It was like one season. Um, wow. Yeah, and cuz I was like very into anytime they like Vartan would speak French or Bradley would speak French. Right, but, right. I would watch like the behind the scenes, like, or like the DVD commentary um, on the episodes. And so like in the beginning, the first season of Alias, Bradley has these very like frost, like frosted tips. Like they blonded up his hair, but it's like not good. (laughs) And they, he said they had to do it because him and Vartan, their hair color was too, they were like too similar. And so they made Will's character like blonder. Yeah. Cause he, he was the best friend who was always like a little bit in love with Sid, with Jen. Yeah, that's hysterical. Yeah, I used to take um, I used to do Soul Cycle with Bradley Cooper, and I rode next to Bradley once at Soul Cycle. I've read, I've yeah, I've ridden beside him or behind him several times, but he was also there on my birthday. And if you, <gasps> I'm guessing it's a Soul Cycle thing all around the country, but like if you're there on your birthday, they bring in a candle and they sing yes. to you. So he's saying happy birthday to me. That's my Bradley Cooper. That's amazing. <laughs> I read. That's a really good one. Yeah, I loved having a birthday at Souls. Like I was a I was a full cult member. Yeah, I was a, I was a cult multiple member years. Too. Yep, same here. Um, I was deep in. It was like my whole personality. <laughs> um, <laughs> I surprisingly, I only do things that <laughs> obsessively. Level. Yeah, and no so way. one time, Wait, when's, your, when's your birthday? How do I not Halloween? Halloween. When is it? I'm a, Halloween. I'm a Scorpio. Oh, oh, you're a Scorpio. Okay. That yeah. explains a lot. Yeah. Oh, okay. It all tracks. <laughs> I was oh, born at right. like, it, I you did say, I, you went, uh, yes, I knew your birthday. I always, you went like, to Harry I always get confused. Yeah. I always get confused that uh, I've always, like, Tia feels like a Scorpio to me and it always throws me off that she's not. And she's I a Leo. Know she's right. not. She's such, she is a Leo too. But yep. um, yeah. yeah. So I rode next to Bradley once in the front row. He was, he was good. He's very good. He had skills. He was very good. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Oh, my God. This has been so much fun. This has been great. This has been wonderful. We've spoken way too long now. I'm like, I think the time. Oh, gosh. No one's going to listen to all this, but maybe they will. Oh, um, they're going to love it. it. We've People given them some are juicy stuff. We're going to be very excited. We have lots of good stuff. And you are 
On Instagram. Oh yes. And okay. Twitter. On Instagram and Twitter at, at Robin Lee. And Robin is spelled R-O-B-I-N-N-E-L-E-E. So I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter. There is a Facebook page. I'm at the Robin Lee on Facebook. But more importantly, if you read the book and you want to join our group, come to the Idea of You group on Facebook. And I believe it's just the Idea of You group. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I believe um, it's just the Idea of You group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. That's all my There is a little question. excerpt in there. There is a little What's bonus. What's that? Uh, there's a little bonus scene oh, in there. Oh, there is. I, I wrote a couple of bonus scenes. They're very brief, but people seem to really love them. So mm, I reread them this morning just because I knew. I oh, did you? you? And I was like, and also I, j- I hadn't reread them since I read the book again. So I was right. like, oh, let me go back and just dip in there. It's, yeah. Let him show up. Well, ah, uh, Hayes. Oh, well, this Hayes. was lovely, Abby. Thank you. Thank for you so me. much. Thank you for ha- for coming. And this was a blast. And everyone follow Robin. And I will be right back. Thank you so much to Robin for coming on to talk to me forever and ever. That was so much fun. We obviously had a lot to discuss. And the name of the Bradley Cooper uh, chef show that we couldn't think of, it's Kitchen Confidential, duh, based on the Bourdain book, which is a fantastic read. I don't know why I couldn't think of that, but Kitchen Confidential. And to update, uh, I did get tickets. to Harry Styles at Wembley night one in London in June Gwen and I are going we're taking our show back on the road um she was like I think I'm the penny lane and you're the sapphire and I was like am I and then I was like I am uh that's the Feruza Bolt character in Almost Famous it makes sense because Gwen would look better in that coat than I would too and Sapphire gets that great line about the new girls who don't take birth control and eat all the steak and, you know, I would never be like one of those new girls. True Band-Aid always. And if anyone would like to give Gwen and I a travel show, we've got London planned. We've got Haim and L.A. planned. We're, we're, we're on the road. So I think someone should, should film it. Um, if you want more of that kind of nonsense, you can check out wehavenotes.substack.com. There's lots of fun stuff in there. And you get new stuff every Friday or sometimes on Monday when I decide to go all in on uh, Joe Burrow. The adorable, athletic Joe Burrow. And you can find We Have Notes on TikTok at We Have Notes and Instagram at We Have Notes. And then I'm on Instagram at Abby C. Gardner and at Abby Gardner on Twitter. I live an extremely online life. For better or for worse, you can always find me there. So what I want to hear from you guys is um, your favorite, like, angsty couples. Real, fictional, especially fictional like from your youth, from now, from books, from music, anything. I feel like I have so much to say on that, so I might do a little mini episode after this uh, before the next next week's interview. So until then, be angsty. It's my favorite way to be, and I will talk to you soon. 